Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thank you so much for listening. My guest today is Trish Sir. Before we get to Trish, uh, I have a few announcements to make. One is uh, I want to thank Art19, again, our new host, for their beautiful player, uh, live stream player that's on our website, which is TravelTalesPodcast.com. If uh, you've been to the website before, if you go back now, you'll notice that the player is different. That's because Art19 is now hosting all our episodes over there. And uh, doing a fine job of it, if I do say so myself. So thanks again to Matt Belknap and everybody over at Art19 for allowing us to be part of the Art19 family. And some of you are out there listening going, Hey, Mike, I thought this was every other week for the podcast. And why are you coming out with two weeks in a row? Well, there's a couple different reasons. One is that uh, I am leaving town next week. And uh, I wanted to release this before I left. And two is I really wanted to get on a schedule for the holidays where I'll be traveling a bit for that. Where am I going? Well, I'll tell you. I have been fortunate enough to be invited by the good people at the Taiwan Tourism Board to host a television show in Taipei, Taiwan. And I'm very excited about it. It's a half-hour show. Uh, They tell me it's going to appear possibly on either... MSNBC or CNBC or one of those things, but it's also going to be available on the internet and who knows, maybe on airplanes. I have no idea where this thing's going to end up, but I do know it's going to be something like top 10 things to do in Taipei. And I've been to Taiwan before, I enjoyed it, uh, but I've never gone uh, to work. I will say when I started this podcast, one of my dreams was that it would lead to someday hosting a television show on travel somewhere around the world. And lo and behold, you put it out there, folks, and sometimes your uh, goals are achieved and your dreams come true, and it's starting. So hopefully this will be a great experience and will lead to other travel shows. And dare I say, bigger travel shows. Maybe a series. Who knows? But my plan is I'm going to be shooting in Taiwan for about four days, and then I'm going to zip on over for a few days to Hong Kong to visit some friends of mine who just moved there. So I'm very excited about that. Love Hong Kong. Love Taipei. So that's where I'll be next week, and I wanted to release an episode before I did that. And why am I going to be gone for the holidays? Well, I'm going to be working on cruise ships for the first time ever, uh, Thanksgiving week and then Christmas and New Year's. And um, yeah, on the Celebrity Cruise Line in the Caribbean, I was hired uh, to do stand-up. This is one of the things that came out of the last Comic Standing television show that I did this summer. And uh, I've heard mixed things about performing on cruises. I don't know what to expect. I've had friends who do them exclusively and love them. I've had friends who have done them and had nightmare experiences as well. So... I don't know what to expect. I do know that I have to wear a suit and be super clean. (laughs) No swearing, no nothing. Squeaky, they said. This should be interesting. 
No matter how the shows go, I will, however, be able to see some islands I've never been to before, like St. Thomas, St. Martin, uh, Puerto Rico, which I'm very excited about, and hopefully get some diving in, which if you know me, I love to dive, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting to the Caribbean and getting under the water, and hopefully the audiences won't throw me overboard. But more on that later on, and I'll announce those dates later on as well if you follow me on Twitter. It's Funny Mike on Twitter and Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. How about following me in both places? Because I need more followers and I want more followers. And hey, you want to know what I'm doing. So funnymike.com is my personal slash showbiz handle on Twitter. And Travel Tales Pod is the one for this show. So follow me in both places, please. And speaking of social media, why don't you follow us on Facebook? The Travel Tales Podcast on Facebook. On Instagram, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. Our website is, of course, TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there. You'll see links to all the social media that I've just mentioned, as well as Stitcher Radio and iTunes. And if you go to iTunes, please subscribe and please give us a good rating, huh? Let's boost our presence on there. That'll help more people find the show, and that's a cool thing. If you want to write me, it's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's get to my guest right now. Trish Sir is a very funny comedian and TV host who I've known for quite a while here in L.A. I ran into Trish at the L.A. Podcast Festival, asked her to be on the show, and she was nice enough to stop by and share stories of uh, times on the road, especially some great stories about her time performing for the troops in the Middle East. So I was very happy she could do it, and I hope you enjoy it. Here's my talk with the lovely and charming Trish Sir. Trish, sir, comedian, TV host. Yeah. Uh, it's great to see you because we haven't, uh, I haven't seen you in probably, God, 12 years? Would, no, it's been. No, I'd say maybe eight. It's been a long time. At least eight. You were off making TV shows. You were off making TV yeah, shows. Yeah, look at us. And now neither one of us was working. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so where would, uh, people would say they know you from something. What's Clean this? House. Clean, Clean House. House. I was on it from uh, 2005 to 2012. And that was on A&E? No, it was on... uh, nope. Style Network. It doesn't Style even exist Network. anymore. It's now Esquire Network. Oh. Thanks, Comcast Universal. <laughs> but that's okay. It was, it's a, it was a, a great run. 300 episodes of TV. 300? Yeah. Wow, you beat me on any show that I did. Well, it's makeover. You, you worked like a mule. Well, though. I did one show, The uh, If Walls Could Talk. We did uh, like 117 That's of those. That's huge. And then uh, what you get for the money, I did about 125 of those. So same things. But just you just broke it up. Yeah. And oh. then but the TBS thing was, was the cool one. Then. You did 973,000 Yeah, I don't those. know. Yeah. <laughs> that was like uh, nine years. Yeah, so. you did that for 170 It was a lot. Years. So no, it was, it was a nice run there. Well, that's why we haven't seen each other in so long because we were working we so were much. We were busy. But yeah, I have no excuse in the last three, four years. That's okay. But you're off living in, in the nether regions of the valley. Yeah, we act like in Los Angeles. We're, so we, far. We're like 12 miles I ca- apart. I can't be bothered. <laughs> you have to pack a sack lunch and bottle water <laughs> to come to my house. What time zone is that? I you're like, I can be in Helsinki. What part a, of the valley? In a hot oh house by the water with people named Vjern, but you can't drive 12 <laughs> miles to my damn house. A hot house by the water. <laughs> I don't even know that. Okay. I don't know if that's what they're called. <laughs> it was I'm a not, sauna. 
A sauna. As my friend in Finland said, sauna. Sauna. First we take sauna, <laughs> and then we have barbecue, and then we take our clothes off, and then we go in the sauna. And okay. Did that not frighten you? That breakdown? Oh yeah. Okay. It, uh, well, he never put it that way. He's like, we go. My family have sauna by the lake, and then okay. And then Sounds we dr- fine. Two hours later, you know, as it, as the road got smaller and smaller, and then went to a dirt road. I was like, well, this is this is where I die. Right. I, <laughs> when you show the picture of where you were, <laughs> and if you guys have. Please go to is it Travel Tales? Travel Tales Podcast dot com or uh, on Instagram, yes. At Travel Tales, right? Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. Okay. When you see this image, it looks like the house from misery. It really does. So, I, it could have been. You could have broke my legs and <laughs> kept me there. And I thought, this is it. This is the last time we're going to see you. And I thought, well, at least it's serene. I did make a point of before the sauna <laughs> that I uh, I texted to people, hey, going like to picture with this guy here. This is breadcrumb what I'm with. trail in case we need to put yeah. you on Dateline. Electronic breadcrumb trail. <laughs> So uh, you are, uh, first of all, we should say this is your real voice. This is my real voice. I'm not coming down with something, not getting over something. And yes, I'm from the South. So all this is happening at one See, time. See, now I pegged you for uh, Boston. Not, it seems, I get that a lot. <laughs> like somewhere, I can't put my finger on it. I'm like, New mm-hmm. York, New York. How, when did you, did you move direct from Kentucky to LA? No, I went to Arizona State first. For, oh, for one of your bastions of higher learning. Yeah. Uh, Just the, the, the epitome of education. <laughs> epitome? Uh-huh. Yeah. The uh, very strict uh, oh, entrance. I can't even tell. Well, actually, now it two is. two pencils. Now it is. But when I went in, honey, if you just had a gym card and watched Days of Our Lives, you were in it to win it. That was the, uh, <laughs> of, if you could leave the state in where I went to high school, outside of Chicago. Because nobody, we didn't really have okay. any. Most of my, all my roommates, the first year I lived in the dorms, were from Chicago. Yeah, if they could leave. Highland Park. That's where they all Oh, that was, see, that was a nice area. That, that they had money. But like they did, honey. Yeah. These girls. Yeah, they had money up there. But no, I was, I was south side, and uh, so most people stayed in state. But if you could leave, um, they either went to Arizona State. Yes. Or if they liked to ski, they went to Boulder. They went to Colorado. Oh. And those are the two like party schools everybody went. To. I did not even know what the term Jap meant until ah. I honestly because I grew up in Kentucky. What was the first Jewish person you met? Was it college? her name was Dove Gelman, honey? She Dove was Gelman. My, sure. She was my roommate in college, and I was like. I'm sorry, your parents named you Dove on purpose. Dove Gelman. I love it. Dove Gelman, and she was hilarious, and she had a maid. And a maid? She, uh-huh, Ooh. that came in clean. You had one of those in Kentucky, right? No. Well, we did. Her name was Clarice, but she was- Her uh, name was what? Clarice. Clarice? Clarice. Okay, you're making that up. No, I swear to God. My hand to God, Clarice came to the house. My, my, my Mimo, I was raised by my grandmother. And Mimo. She, Mimo. Okay, here we go. This is how it starts. Don't be- Clarice and Mimo. Mimo, my grandmother raised five children and raised my brother and I, so that was technically kids six and seven. Wow. So she didn't lift a finger. My papa made sure that she never had to clean because she had papa, raised- Papa, that's number three. That's- Okay. <laughs> keep it up. So, yes. I'll keep a tally. Miss Clarice cleaned the house. Miss Clarice. Mm-hmm. Okay. I loved her. And This uh, is uncomfortable, you know, because I know, was she African-American? No, she was white. Really? Look at you, Judgy Smurf. Well, yeah. We, now, Miss Ada, who babysat me, because, you know, my grandmother couldn't be bothered. Uh, of course not. Miss Ada was black, and I love Miss Ada, and she was most beautiful. She was mom to 12 kids. 12? 12. So what part of Kentucky are we talking about? Here? I was raised in um, the Cumberland Gap, so I'm where Kentucky, Tennessee, and Virginia come together down where Daniel Boone came through. Oh, the, yeah. The it's a beautiful country. Appalachian Trail, honey. Yeah, it's no, it's gorgeous. It's like the heart of the Bible Belt, like the buckle, actually, yeah. of the Bible Belt. So uh, Arizona State's a big leap. From huge, that, so huge. what uh, what was the catalyst to make you say, 
did you always know when you were a kid that I'm, I'm destined for more than this? I'm getting out yes. of here. Yes. When did it hit you? you I was five years old. Oh, wow. That's early. I saw Carol Burnett and I asked <laughs> my family where they would be obsessed with the Carol Burnett show. And I would say, what is she? And my family was like, she's an actress. She's on the TV. And I was like, no, what is she? Because I knew something was different about her, but I didn't know what, what you call that. And then finally, uh, my uncle came through the living room, and he was only 11 years older than me, because that's Kentucky, honey. Mm, so he was right. 16. And he comes through the living room, and I said, what is she? And finally, my little my little uncle, but my Uncle Bill comes walking through the living room. He goes, oh, hell, she's a comedian. And I froze. And I said, a what? And I'll never forget that she was doing the, uh, miss, the it was the Mrs. Higgins. Uh, Mrs. Higgins. Higgins. It was that <laughs> sketch. And um, I remember just. I want to talk to you. you? <laughs> I love Tim Conway. Classic. I love. I love Tim Conway. I've got to work with him since, and that was like bucket oh, list. Awesome bucket list stuff. It, he's amazing, <laughs> and Harvey and Harvey Corman. But uh, so I say that to say I I knew very young, and so I was Adam. I'd walk around and tell people in my little bitty town that has five thousand people and three traffic lights that I was going to have my own show and win an Emmy. <laughs> Since I was five years old, and wow. my family was like, mm, "Okay, well, it's the power of suggestion." How many people uh, in your high school? Uh, Two hundred. Oh, I ended up, okay. I ended up graduating high school though in upstate New Jersey. How did that happen? My mom got transferred. Is long story. A long story. Where but, in New Jersey? Uh, what what exit? Uh, ah, there's all the, old the way, all the way up past the exit. So I graduated oh. in Walk Hill Valley, which is, um, it's on the almost New York, New Jersey state line, like the Goshen, oh, yeah, New York yeah, yeah, yeah. way, the mother f up there, uh, and they would make fun of me for being country, and I'm like, not to be an asshole, but y'all, this is the damn country. Like, you, were you? Oh, so you were by the line, by Sussex the, County, all the way. Okay, up north, yeah, yeah, like yeah. up, 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 past where like, that dam is. Isn't there like a dam north? There? Keep going. Honey. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, the woods, Nishanik Station, Hamburg, Ogdensburg, up in the woods. So how many years did you spend there? I was there uh, second part of my junior year and all of my senior year. That's a tough time to move. It was horrible. They yeah. were hateful to me. Yeah. Women hate you. Guys left love all you. Your, left all your friends and everything else. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Um, and so I just got really good at athletics because that's kind of what I've always done. And so I played tennis really well and I ended up going to Arizona State on a tennis ride. Oh, okay. So well, that's how I got perfect. there. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So you're, in the, you're away from Kentucky. Yep. And I'm bringing this back to travel because this is a travel podcast. I love traveling. What was it about? Uh, you remember your first reaction when you got to Arizona? What did, what did you think? What was your first reaction? Uh, it was Africa hot. I'd never been in no humidity. I'd never been yeah, in that you, experience. You've been to a lot of humidity. Yeah, I've been to all tons. Like, I've been to 100 humidity, 100 degrees, where it's just you're nasty hot. Yeah, this was like being in a blow dryer, and even at like t- one in the morning, it was still 90 degrees, no humidity, and I didn't understand that. And it, when you start college, it's monsoon season in Arizona, which uh, much like in the south, anywhere that you get snow, we have black ice. We all know what black right, ice right. is when you drive on snow. Well. In Arizona, because it never rains, they don't have a drain system. Uh, when it rains, the streets flood and get sudsy because the oil on the roads, and yeah, it's like it's black slick. ice. Yeah. yeah. And so, that happens here. I had that coming down uh, Laurel Canyon. Yes. I, oh, yeah. I had one like a, a rain. It was just like a Saturday afternoon. I was coming back from the valley, and uh, that first rainfall that it hasn't rained in yep. like five months. It's slick as snot. And I, I turned the wheel, didn't move. Just, that... It just, just skidded right into the curb. Oh, my God. My, you got wreck. a flat tire, like bent my frame it was, it was terrible there's another thing i do i just turn the wheel you just Nothing. have to breathe through it yeah, i know yeah. I, I i got in an accident that was my first week in arizona so oh just a, welcome to town yeah it was that into an old lady she was lovely but uh, so, shocking that it was an old lady so four years in tempe i did yep that was a fun campus my friend went there i can't imagine uh, like 
because I went in the exact opposite. I was in northern Illinois, you know, in the middle oh. of a frozen cornfield. Ah. And then I went down there, and a friend of mine went there. Like, he did the community college thing for yeah. you. Yeah. Because he couldn't just, you had to establish residency. Well, uh, it was so overcrowded. Not everybody got a scholarship, Trish. No, no, no. But it was so overcrowded <laughs> that some of my classes were at Scottsdale Community College. Arizona State was so crowded when I went. Yeah. They weren't ready for that influx. It was like the first year, I think they hit whatever it is, 70,000, whatever they're like, they're at, they're far surpassed it now but it was like 70,000 students and so all your core classes like your English all that crap had to be done at community college right and I'm sorry for the English bangers I know right (laughs) and so I pulled up the first day to the community college thinking Okay, what in the, am I really in real college? Like, what yeah, is just it's happening? Like high school with ashtrays and sofas. Yes, and there was a big sign that said like "Home of the Fighting Artichokes." I'll never forget <laughs> it. It was weird. It was weird, and and I wasn't ready to because you have to understand I was I didn't know I was sheltered. I didn't know. I think a lot of Southerners that are yeah. raised that way. Um, so I get introduced very quickly to a very large um American Indian population. And I got very educated on how not well we have treated our American Indians. Oh, you didn't know. Didn't know. Interesting. Well, you know, we're we're, we're, look, being a Kentuckian. Well, all the states like Kentucky is probably uh, an Indian word. I know Illinois is from an Indian word. I'm sure. I am sure. So I know for a fact that we've had a lot of burial grounds in in all. We stole all this land. You realize that? Three thousand percent. But I mean, (laughs) how how as a people we've just really done them dirty. Oh, it's horrendous. Yeah, no clue. I had no clue, and I was so ignorant to it, and. And so I got this massive education because they hated this little girl that just showed up in their classes because they were all in Scottsdale. Yeah. And I was like, bopping oh. around with your little tennis skirt on. Oh, in tennis, cl- always in tennis clothes. <laughs> always. I was always. Why wouldn't you? I was always in tennis clothes. <laughs> so it was, it was, uh, it was very interesting. It was an interesting education, and I learned real, real quick. Mm-hmm. So just four years there. Yep. And was LA right after? Yep. Um, okay, so, so I was in an. We're going to stay in Arizona. I would no, I had no. I Carol knew Burnett I was, lives here. You got to get. You got to get out here. I knew I had to be here. Did you realize that Mama's family was not a documentary? I love you so much. <laughs> they did speak to me. They I know. Did speak it did. to me. Vicky Lawrence was a genius at the time, uh-huh. and my family would die laughing over her. And yet, Eunice. Same, oh, Eunice was amazing. <laughs> you come in her. I mean, I can't. I'd love to do her face, but I can't. I was obsessed. I was obsessed. <laughs> Mama, Vicky Lawrence. Real, I mean, she's well, she's the original Medea. In case you young children want to know, sure, she was the OG Medea. <laughs> Tyler Perry got his shit from her. Okay, I can't. Uh, I'll get off the south in, in a second here, but uh, hee haw! I used to watch it show. all the time. Yes, and now looking back at it now, it's awful. It was horribly racist too. It's terrible. And I was it racist, but it was. I mean, look, I, I'll go off for days. South, being a southerner is the last socially acceptable form of discrimination. Here, here. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You can say, you know, but people can say, oh, girl, like that I don't have my shoes on right now. I know it seems to be a stereotype of the South, <laughs> but people are like, oh, I'm so happy you wore shoes today. Or, oh, you've got all your own teeth. I wasn't yeah. expecting that. And I'm like, okay, that's not okay. Like, that's just, just so you know, you can't do that. <laughs> I mean, could you, or when I say, hi, nice to meet you. And someone goes, hi, nice to meet you. And I'm like, if I was Asian, <laughs> hello, could you imagine? Yes, yes, and I'm like, not okay. It's yeah. not okay. It's our last form of like, we need to get it together, America. Only if they're white, though, you can make fun of them. What, you, what you mean, white, white Southerners? Yes. Oh, law in heaven. That's, that's the only thing left. I'm gonna work. That's on the only you. thing we got. Left. That's all we've got. Just that one, the one last denominator. So even people that are raised in Arizona, you come to LA, it's still a culture shock in a way. Okay. I mean, it's it's big city. It's, LA was a culture shock all the way around. 
I moved here on Halloween, honey. I wow. pulled into, oh, in West Hollywood. I pulled into town wow. in a rider truck. Hello. <laughs> and I had a bunch of Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders <laughs> help me find parking for my truck. Sure you did. I sure did. Oh, honey. They were like, girl, is that what you're wearing tonight? And I was like, what's tonight? And they're like, I'm, I'm dressed Halloween. as a tennis star. Oh, no. no what you say there I is was, uh, Martina Navratilova. I, I was dressed like a, a heavy lifter is <laughs> yeah. what I was dressed like. I was moving. So... <laughs> Yeah, it okay. was interesting. So for travel-wise, yeah. so and when was the first time you left the country? Uh, I was in high school. I went to Spain. You did go to Spain? Yes. Okay, so you got, you got around a little yes, bit. Yes, I fell in love with Spain. I love, love, love Spain. I went what? there as a, a kid, went to uh, Sevilla, Granada. I hate when people speak with an accent. When I was they just in Sevilla. I love Sevilla. It was great. It's amazing. Is it uh, uh, What is it? Uh, the Alhambra? Uh, I can't talk. Alhambra. Alhambra. That's in Grenada. 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 Um, I didn't make it there. I, I just I you to get the day trip that to go there. I only had like a day, and you had to book them in advance because did you go to um, oh Mar- um, Malaga? Yeah, I stayed in uh, Malaga four days. Oh heaven! It was great. Yes, it is. It's so good. And how is your Spanish now? Uh, my Spanish is pretty damn good. I actually I met bueno. Qué bueno. I got married <laughs> in Mexico. I oh. go to Me- I'm in Mexico probably three four times a year. Okay, where in Mexico did you get married? I got married in Cancun only because all my white family couldn't travel That's down. Right. If, I, if I had my choice, it would have been down in like Acumal or a little far, like Tulum. I love all. I, I stay on that the Yucatan side. That, that might have been a little much for them. I mean, Cancun was probably a little it was, friendly. It's about them. all they can handle. You yeah. know, when you got a bunch of country people that don't go anywhere, you have to be able to go. Here's the airport. It's Fort Lauderdale with uh, like cheaper prices. I tell people that all the time. It's New Jersey with palm trees, honey. <laughs> yes. I mean, you just got to be like, listen, you're going to be fine. It was beautiful. The wedding was stunning, but we're there now, which you should check out because they're amazing. The reason we got married, a big part of getting married there was I found these photographers that I fell in love with who do um, underwater trash the dress and cenotes. So I'm going to have you pull it up later. Underwater trash the dress. So what's okay. Tra- so um, their, their company's called Del Sol, the D-E-L Sol, um, Del Sol Photography. They're actually two. It was two separate. The dude was from Georgia. The girl was from Mexico City. They meet, they get married, and they are the top two of the top wedding photographers in the world. Then they start Del Sol, and they start this company that's now a huge mega mega. Like they're the top five in the business of of what they do all over the world. They've traveled all over to shoot people's weddings. They do a gorgeous edit, editorial style wedding, and that's what I fell in love with was kind of that journalistic style of way it was shot. So I was like, I'm not flying down for some all inclusive people are holding you know banana monkeys. I yeah. lose my mind. You know me. And Charlie's. Yeah, not my jam. Not my jam. <laughs> um, and afterwards, I had this attitude about a wedding because I didn't get married till I was 35. So I was like, mm, I don't know. So last year? I love you. Uh-huh. Reasons. Keep Take notes, together. fellas. Take notes. Smooth, honey. Smooth. <laughs> um, so I trashed my wedding dress because I always, everyone's like, oh, what's that? So in they what they do is they shoot this gorgeous underwater photography and they have you jump in the freshwater cenotes in your wedding dress with your spouse and you literally air quoting people uh trash the dress that and sounds fun it's stunning. and they're underwater and they shoot underwater yes i'm gonna pull while we're talking i'm gonna pull up the pictures so yeah, you we'll can post see them, them. We're they're, post they're pretty them amazing the i will say to you guys honestly just if you want to go look at like just eye porn it's literally candy because it's so it, it looks i'm so proud of it because it didn't feel real and this is a great travel story it was the day after my wedding when we went and shot it. And oh, the day after? The physical day after my wedding. So my whole family's like, I threw a huge brunch at the property. I'm like, everybody's just tore up and hung over from the night before. Right. Everybody was loving it. Throw a huge brunch. And my husband and I get on a 
van and go an hour and 45 minutes down to a cenote outside of Plato Carmen. So we say a cenote is uh, a, a freshwater, freshwater cave. Freshwater cave. Okay. It's a freshwater cave um, where there's a, there's a ton, there's a massive cave system in Mexico. It's absolutely stunning. If yeah. you get a chance, please go. The water's so clear. You can open your eyes and see for days. I was in the Maya Riviera. Is this- That's it. Okay. That's I, I should have gone to one of those. Oh, and the next time you want to go back, I can tell you all the ones. We go all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely. They're like, don't go to the ones that are like Eshkarit. Not that that's bad. If you're on a vacation and you find a package, you're like, oh, come to Eshkarit. We'll put you in a miner's helmet and a life vest. And no, that's not real. Yes, that's that's a gorgeous cenote, quote unquote. But if you want an experience, you need to go to like Dos Ojos, which is two eyes. Dos mm-hmm. Ojos or um, Garda Jardin, Garden of Eden. It's the stunning ones that are family owned. They're privately owned by families, generationally. Oh. And they charge a fee. To and they go. charge it's like ten bucks. But I scuba. Can I yep, scuba there? You can scuba there. Ooh. They've got the dive lines too, so you don't die and get lost in the caves. Because oh, I, nice. I want you to come back. Okay, thank you. Um so just keep you just keep talking and I'm gonna find you some. Okay, pictures. looking at some photos. Uh huh. This is good radio. I can I can look at photos on, on while talking. Uh-huh. Well, that's we can talk about it, but it's stunning, <laughs> and I will tell you that that if you get a chance, please go to the please go to the Sonotes. Okay, so Del Sol, Del Sol photography, Del Sol photography, and so the, you decided, okay, I'm this dress is a goner. Well, one man, what one are you going to use? What are you use one it for? man, one dress. I don't have kids. Right. Um, even if let's just say I did have a daughter, it's like a. Two percent chance she's going to wear my dress. You know, it's like what you got to force clothing on her. It's it's creepy. And plus, you're an organizational expert, and I know you don't like clutter. And I hate holding on to stuff. You right. know me. You know me. <laughs> well, the country knows you because they saw you on Clean House. Clean House. Yes, I, I cleaned a lot of people's. Um, you were the organizational expert. I was yard sale diva and organizer, as okay. we like to say. That's what I did for a hundred thousand years um, on Clean House, and I'm very proud to have done what I did. Um, I'm going to grab you. Just I'm pulling up somebody random's trash the dress on their website. So you the can one see. time I ever tried to have a yard sale was the most annoying thing. Why didn't you call world. me? It was, it was crazy. It was awful. Were we in a non-speaking period? I don't remember. What, no, it was before I met you. Mm. But it was terrible because you're out there all day. No, you got to And set everybody is just like, you know, you're arguing over a quarter. Just like, no. I'm I understand. I make good money at mine. Life is too ch- short to argue over a quarter. That's why you got to raise the prices. Call me next time. Okay. I mean, not that you need one here. You're living high on the hog. But <laughs> you guys don't even oh, know. The, this there, could be a young, there could be a yard sale coming soon. I mean, don't break your fingers. Since <laughs> Work I doesn't broke, pick up. There's a yard sale. Since coming. I broke my screen on my phone, you can just scroll through those real quick. That's not me. Wow. But yeah, they're pretty nice. amazing. Aren't they gorgeous? You guys have to go look at these photos. That's beautiful. They're kind of epic. What, do they have a whole lighting rig down? Oh, yeah, honey. Them? Divers. It's you, You'd fall in love. Like the technical nerdy side of you. That's why I love you, Mike. You would nerd out on the technical aspect of it. There's actually safety divers down there because you guys, when I went down and I jumped in and I was like, oh, I was thinking about how ethereal I was going to look and this is going to be gorgeous because when you see these photos, they literally look like a fairy tale. Um, yeah, I was wondering but, if they had air regular. Or something. Not for the not for the bride and the groom. So what happens uh-huh. is when you get down there, all of a sudden my sweet gorgeous wedding dress went from thirty pounds to one hundred and sixty pounds, and all of a sudden you were like, "Oh my God, I'm sinking!" And God's taking me. And there's a shot I will end up sending it to you so you can post it. But there's a shot of me that's absolutely stunning. And I'll tell you why it is. It's because my soul was leaving my body. <laughs> um, and Rodrigo, they're amazing. One of their uh, safety divers. Not even a tenth of a second before that, Matt from Del Sol snapped the shot of me. He literally was push pushed me up from my ass straight up out of the water because I had just quit fighting. My dress was so heavy, I was sinking. I don't want to pull rank on you, but I just did a national La Quinta commercial uh, that's running right now, and I had to spend four hours in a pool with a suit on. 
How was that? So I'm very familiar with how water can act in a suit. How was that? It was not fun. It was not fun. Um, it was fun. It was fun, it, but it was exhausting. If you haven't seen it, it's Mike swimming with a bunch of sharks, and my country ass actually asked him if there were what real. What was it like? <laughs> if there were sharks. real sharks? I said, yeah, those, that was green foam. I was in like, the, uh, oh, okay. Well, you are so convincing <laughs> when you. Have That's been. called acting, friend. Well, you were on professional. it. Professional. Professional. But yeah, it's exhausting. Like you don't realize how much the 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 weight of the clothes you weighs shoes you on down, too, right? You'd have shoes. Oh on yeah, the whole, whole deal. Nine. Whole deal. Yeah, it's scary. It, you don't real. I, I mean, I, I guess I had some sweet little fairy tale image of what the photos were going to be like, and they're yeah. very realistic. They send you a checklist of like, hey, know how to open your eyes underwater so you don't look like an asshole, yeah. like all this stuff. But when it really came down to having a dress on that all of a sudden went from thirty pounds, yeah. it was to about a honestly, it was about a hundred, hundred and ten, um, and you're fighting for your life because you realize you're sinking, and I'm like. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And you know how far down it is because I can see the light and see where the safety diver is. Yeah. So it's a good 60, 80 feet in some places. This is, that, that actually looks really cool. That, that's, Thanks. that's the kind of wedding I would, uh, photoing I would take. If, when, when I'm get married. At, then you call me and I'll hook at you 65, up. At 65. You're not. You're going <laughs> to. Yeah. Can we talk about that? How in all no, your No, I don't think we can. I don't can think we can. we're off the air? Yeah. I don't okay. think we can. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We'll cover that one when he's off the air. Okay. So uh, Mexico expert. Mm-hmm. And I know you've uh, traveled around. Did you perform for the troops? I have. Okay. Where um, Where was this? Iraq and Afghanistan. Afghanistan more. I've been to Afghanistan five times. Five times? Yeah. When yeah. was this? Uh, f- between 2005 and 2007. Okay. So you're going from base to base. Yes. Usually with what? Three three other comics? Four other comics? Uh, um, on the tours I did, I've done uh, three and four, but m- mostly twos. The very first one is my favorite story of all time because it was myself and Butch Bradley. I don't know oh, if you I know, know Butch. Sure. Um, and Butch and I had not even met each other till we were at the gate at the airport. So I'm about to go into a war zone for two and a half weeks with someone I don't even – I've just seen them on – IMDB. <laughs> like, I don't even know what this guy's about. He could be insane. And it was, I, I thank God my first experience in the Middle East was with Butch Bradley because he's so seasoned. He's done it a hundred times. Oh, yeah. But um, we were in, I mean, we were, sh- we had an RPG shot at our Blackhawk. We, every, we were stuck for almost, almost a full month, three and a half weeks. We finally got back. What, what was the delay? Um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, and this was only in 2005. So if you think about this, you guys, 10 years ago, crazy fighting. Yeah. Well, crazy. Still, we're still going on, by the way. We're still, I know it's still going on. We just pretend it's not to the level it is. And just Longer you guys Longer than know, Vietnam and World War II combined. Yes. And just so everybody knows, my brother's a Navy SEAL, so don't give me hate mail for the fact that I just said something about how long the war is. We're well aware. I'm sure he probably would like it to be over, He would too. love. He'd love to be home with his sons. Yes. So, yes. he's And he has to leave still. This, I mean, he's works constantly he's 16 years in and he's worked you know deployed or always an active state for 12 of them Think his about timing that. couldn't have been worse to join the 12. <laughs> he, he was that kid though i always wanted to be a comic my brother always wanted to be a navy seal so my parents had my parents are dipsticks but they had two incredibly driven children <laughs> yeah. so there you go but um yeah so you're it's, trapped behind enemy lines what's happening we my favorite okay there's two stories that i love um <laughs> butchie we where do I start? There's so many good ones. The 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 best one. Butch is a redhead. He sounds just like he is. Butch Bradley is a redheaded Irish, just fair as snow, freckled skin from mm-hmm. Atlantic City, New Jersey, y'all. And he's a doll, and I adore him. Butchie was uh, wouldn't didn't have any sunscreen. 
in why, Aug- would you, why would why would an Irishman bring it to the desert in August? Uh, oh my God! It's in, like 120 in, degrees in Kandahar. Sure, why not? <laughs> and um, he didn't know what to make of me because the first day I show up, my brother was like, "Listen, you walk in when you're checking in, Tom. You want this kind of Kevlar? You want this kind of gun? They're going to tell you you don't have a gun. Show them this." My brother got me clearance to be able to have a weapon in in theater. I'm making air quotes again. Well, you're making you had a weapon. I could check one out. So. <laughs> Um, I did because I had a clearance level that allowed it. And Butch is like, who, who am I? Like Butch is looking at me like, holy shit. Who am I working Is this with? Homeland? Like <laughs> who in God's name did I get stuck here with? And, um, so he was kind of like, okay, I don't know about this chick. Um, and it was very interesting because we went to the worst of the worst bases. We weren't at the pretty ones. We went to the, they're called FOBs, forward operating bases. We went to the ugly, ugly ones on the Peshawar province and like the scary ones where the guys only get to see like 30, the same 30 people. They don't get to come into Kandahar or Bagram to the nice bases. And well, I'm sure with like, okay, not to cut you off there, but I mean, just going in there. So you're going to these remote bases and, you know, they haven't seen really a, a non military woman. Oh, yeah. In, uh, uh, so tell me about that. The- We've had a lot. We had a lot of those. We had uh, the Italians. It's so funny. Every time we had to go to an actual national base, like if there was, a, if it was a little bit bigger of a fob. So if it was a forward operating base that had more than just Americans on it, um, so it'd be like two hundred guys, maybe all. If you were an international dude, they would cling on to me, and all the American men got so protective. And I was like, Ooh, get me out of here, because I would show up done up, like I was on stage. I didn't show up like looking like I could do some heavy lifting, because my attitude was, if you've flown me all the way over here. I better look like a fucking American woman. I want to be in full eyeliner <laughs> hair. Bikini. I mean, well, I was in a tank top, and you know that was very uh, un- that was a big deal. Eating a burger, yeah. signing up a pickup. I did shoot a weapon in front of the Afghan National Army, and I remember the um, sergeant Sergeant Spurlock came to me and was like, "Ma'am, they let me go shoot." He's like, "Ma'am, did you want to use your?" You know, you're, I had a, I had a nine, a Glock. And so he said, a nine mil, and he said, did you want to shoot us? Thank you so much. So I, he, he let me, he made all the a and sit. They had to put their weapons down, hands on their head. And they explained, the interpreter that was with us explained that this, you know, all American women know how to shoot is what they said. Uh, and I was like, I think that might be a reach. But and so <laughs> they let me go up and shoot. And I saw my Kevlar on and I started shooting at the targets. And then I started walking towards the targets. So I was shooting and then I started obviously firing and walking towards the targets. All of a sudden I felt a hand on the back of the handle of my Kevlar pull me back. I was like, what the hell? I put the gun to the ground. And I'm like, what in the hell? And I look back, and it's a sergeant. And he said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. We haven't taught them how to walk and shoot yet. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. He's like, because I look back, and there was probably 60 ANA, the Afghan National Army guys sitting on the ground, dumbfounded. <laughs> Because I was walking and shooting a weapon towards the target. And Butch was like, as What is she like, doing? What does this? Yeah, they were freaked out. Butch gets back. You and can he, walk? He goes, Holy shit, you're going to get us killed. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't even know. I could. He said, Shoot. So I think I cut off your earlier story. So you're stuck with Butch somewhere. In the- uh, well, Butch, and Butch has done a lot of these tours. And I was very green. And I, I didn't know. It was the first one I'd ever been in. So I, hadn't, I didn't know. And uh, Butch had Lunesta. I'm sorry, Ambien, 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 to be able to sleep at night because you get rocketed a lot when you're there and you need to be able to sleep. My brother told me, don't worry about that. You don't need anything. He's like, just earplugs and a bitch mask. That's the sleep mask. That's what we call it in our family. A bitch mask. And so he had, I slept with my earplugs and my bitch mask and we're good to go. Well, we get to this fob one night and it was a very small base. It was 80 people and they had one empty barrack that was just bunk beds, an empty room with bunk beds. And females and males are not allowed to be together no matter what in theater and um 
I said, I'm not leaving. I'm sorry. I'm not leaving him. And Butch was like, I'm not leaving her because truthfully, I know one person in this country. I don't have cell phone service. I don't know any, and you want me to just go to another side of a base and work it out? Like, I'm sorry. So we fought to be in the same room, obviously same barrack. And, um, it's, it was probably held 10 bunks. I don't know. It wasn't big. And Butch was like, we're in sleeping bags. And he was on the top bunk. I'm on the bottom and we go to bed. And I wake up probably about two in the morning and it's that feeling somebody's looking at you, that creepy feeling where you're like, somebody's staring at me. And I wake up and I'm like, okay, something's weird. I focus and Butch, Butchie is crouched down in the far corner of my bunk, looking up as if there's something flying around the barracks. Like he's in, in underneath my bunk, eyes wide open going, oh shit, don't move Trish. Don't make any fast moves. I said, what the hell's wrong with you? And he's looking right at me and he goes, you didn't see it? And he's, and to know Butch, he's an extremely animated guy. And I was like, honey, what are you talking about? And I go to get up. And he's like, no, no. And like pushes me down. I'm like, okay. I go, listen, if you want to have sex, I'm the wrong chick. I'm sure there's a bunch of chicks that think you're funny. I'm not your girl. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm trying to save your life. And he's literally put his hand on my chest, looking out, leaning out, looking up at the sky. I'm like, what is wrong? He goes, you didn't see the eagle? I'm like, okay, you know what? I said, I've killed a few eagles. I'm going to get up. He's like, oh, my God. I, just, I, I couldn't figure out what's wrong with him. Like, is he, is he in the night terrors? What in the hell? So I go, well, I'm sure that eagle don't want part of us. So I get up. I said, I'm going to go to the bathroom. You've got to come with me. So we have to now walk with lamp, headlamps on our head, y'all. And a red, it's a infrared light because it was a blackout base. So there could be no light. So those they couldn't be rocketed or show any light. So I have a headband around my head with a red light on it walk into the bathroom, dragging Butch, still looking for eagles. And I realize he's a mess. He's just out of his mind. I said, you need to come with me and stay right here, stand outside the bathroom. Come out. He is freaking out. I was like, did this guy do drugs? Did I get sent to the middle of Afghanistan with some asshole that does drugs? Like, what's wrong? We get back to the room. I put him in his bunk. I told him that I shot the eagle. I put him in his bunk. I said, get up there. Go to bed. Did you give him your bitch mask? I gave him earplugs. (laughs) I gave him earplugs. And I offered him a bitch mask. He said he didn't want one in case he was kidnapped. I don't know. So we wake up in the morning. And he looks at me. And I said, how are you doing? And he was like, I'm good. How are you doing? And I was like, seriously? I go, after last night, you're not, you're okay? That's all I want to hear. He goes, no, I'm great. And I go, okay. We go to the chow hall. I go, nothing? You don't want to say anything? He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, the eagle, the eagle that you were flipping out about? He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. He had an ambient night terror, had no recollection of it whatsoever. <laughs> none, none, not even, a, not even a half of a recollection. And the only reason he knew was I'd grabbed my camera and took a picture of him crouched down in the far side of my bunk while he was having a freak out. What did he, he say when he saw it? The photo. Oh, he was, he flipped out. He flipped out. <laughs> he flipped out because he did legitimately didn't remember it. Wow. Which I had an ambient story like three years later, so I can't judge him. What was the closest you came to actual like fire, like an explosion oh, or something? Uh, a, a couple, a couple bad ones. Uh, the, the worst was the, the RPG at our Blackhawk. That was probably the worst. Uh, we, so you're in the, the the big helicopter. We're in the Blackhawk, which is the, the good size. The Chinooks are the big, big ones. The Blackhawks move a little bit faster. The Chinooks are like being in a bus, so they're bigger. But mm-hmm. the fast ones are the Blackhawks. And um, Butch loves telling the story. I do it no justice. I was looking out the 
left side of the plane and Butch was looking out the right side of the plane. I was facing rear. Butch was facing forward. And we were actually on headsets with the pilots and the gunnies, the guys that have the guns that shoot out the sides of the Blackhawk. And um, I'm looking out the other side and it was August, but we were in flying over in the Peshawar Pass, which is the mountains that divide Pakistan and Afghanistan. And so it was a little bit cooler up there. So there were a lot of flowers already growing and it was stunning. There was poppy fields for days. So it looked like, it almost looked like a, the beginning of a resort entrance in Palm Springs. I know that sounds insane, but it really was that pretty. And um, cause I, people usually say what did Afghanistan look like? And I'm like the drive to Bakersfield. Yeah. Like it's that, uh, or drive to Vegas when you go, Oh yay. Barstow. Um, that's <laughs> Afghanistan. So we're, I'm looking out the window at the poppy fields and all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I see when you're in a five point harness in the seat and I see Butch's limbs, both arms, both legs shoot forward as if he's trying to get up like a fight or flight response. And I look over, I go, did you want to see the poppy fields? I'm screaming it because we're on headset. I go, lean out. They're so pretty. And he's like, the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, what? I go, it's beautiful country. Like I can't hear him. And all of a sudden I hear do, 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 do. and the gunny and our, our entire black Hawk just goes sideways. And I'm like, have we been hit? What just happened? Butch is looking terrified. I've been staring at flowers. I don't realize that they saw the guy that shot the RPG. They shot rockets that went after the RPG. And then the, they literally swooped down and went and popped his head off. The gunny just, killed him like that but it was one of those moments it probably happened in i don't know 40 seconds did you actually see the guy get shot no i saw that on another one i got to see some i got to see two guys get killed which was great no, um, wait a minute it was great well i was raised in a funeral home to give you all a backstory there's very few things that frighten me when it comes to death so um and if you're doing harm to people i say listen karma's a bitch yeah but you saw a lot of dead bodies you didn't see them actually get killed but when you've seen the aftermath, the original part's actually easy. I th- honestly, to, I think to see someone go down, and maybe in just this particular scenario, because I've not seen a bunch of people get pe- killed, everybody. Um, I've only seen this these particular people get killed. I I think seeing the aftermath of a body is almost worse than the actual death, in my opinion. In this particular scenario, these guys were planning a bomb roadside, an IED team. There's a big team of guys, the the IED teams that go sweep the roads, and they sweep them every day, and they make sure there's no roadside bombs. And so this IED team, the road had been swept for them already. We're heading back after doing a show in the middle of nowhere, and this particular Blackhawk gets a report that there's two guys on a motorcycle with a shovel and a device in their hands, and a package, quote-unquote, sorry, in their hands. And they're like, we need you to follow them. And what they do is they then get clearance and then they shoot a warning shot. So uh, if they shoot a warning shot and they both run in the same direction, it's somebody just trying to get back to their house. Usually they're going together. If they break up and run separately, not usually good intentions. That's kind of somebody's got the device to detonate and someone's got the actual package. So sure enough, they shoot, they fire. Some bitches running separate directions and butches saying a novena. And I'm like, they're like, man, we're sorry you're going to have to say this. I'm like, you go blow their damn heads off. I was like, I'm ready. I, I was so calm. I was like, let's do this shit. And they took us all the way down. We were probably 50, 60 feet above them. I mean, it was sideways. I was, I, you wouldn't have been in a five point harness. You'd been going somewhere. And they were, they went right down. They slide that door open and toof, 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 toof. And that was it. So. It was pop their heads off like a watermelon, honey. I was like, we got them. All right, let's go home. And that was it. It was very simple. (laughs) I don't know if it's because what my brother does and I realize how hard he works for similar situations that I went, yeah, y'all did a great job. I wish I could buy you beers, but we don't have (laughs) back on base. (laughs) Uh, 
Yeah. And it was, it, and I had to come back and have a PTSD talk. I'm air quoting to death on your show. I'm sorry. A PTSD talk with a grief manager. And I was like, is there just paperwork you need me to sign? I swear I'm good. And they were like, okay. To give it some perspective, you know, the only time I had to see a grief counselor? When? When I got eliminated from Last Comic Standing. <laughs> <laughs> they made us all see it on the way out. Oh, my gosh. So it's, it's a network policy. No. With reality shows. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Because all these people are like, they freak out. You know, they're, they're from like, you know, they're not in the business like right, we are. We right. know it's just, it's all Part crap. Of the gig. Yeah, it's, it's all job. BS. So we don't care. No, we don't. And then, uh, yeah, but they're like real people. They're shattered by it. You know, they thought, you know, so they have to see these. So they don't cry themselves. Did the grief counselor death. ask? Well, we him sat to... down. He knew. We were like, seriously. He goes, Yeah, I know. It's just you have to sit down. Is everything all right? Like, yeah, it's fine. Like, okay, that's it. You know, it's like okay. It's literally like you know, twenty seconds or something. Because I guess there's probably a profile for the ones they know that are going to have a meltdown. Oh yeah, I mean, it, but again, there really aren't any. Again, we're, we were all professional comics. We're just... all in the business. It's not like you pull people out of like in a singing well, competition. You pull them right. out of church, yes. and they've never had this kind of exposure before. And we have. That makes they were, sense. They were all working comics. We're all like... Yeah, that seems like an odd... Well, I guess you have to. It's protocol. Yeah, they have to. It's all legal. It's all legal. I, I signed more paperwork for that show than I did to get a mortgage. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It was crazy. They did like background checks, internet checks, went through all your Twitter feed if you had any kind of like... Hateful stuff yeah. or you were a Yahoo or... Yep. Wow. Have you ever been like fired? Have you ever been... Uh, had a restraining order against you? Have you ever had anything? Have you ever been a dancer? Have you? Well, just checking. I mean, Magic Mike. I'm just saying it's about this guy. I'm. I was wondering if it was a far fetched <laughs> fable. So have, wait, have you been to the Middle East? No, no. Well, I've only been to. Well, I've been to Israel and Jordan. I've never been. I'd love to go to Israel. Um, it was fascinating. Oh. Oops, sorry, I missed a big bunch of texts. Sorry, everybody. I'm not usually a person that checks my phone, but I realized I was supposed to call somebody and I didn't because oh. we're here. Oops. Sorry. Do you have to want me to break? Do you have to get that? No. Okay. You sure? Yep. Okay. If there's some place you'd rather be, you just say Never. it. Never. <laughs> I'm to be right here. Okay, so after five trips to yep. Iraq and Afghanistan, did yep. you ever have any kind of actual interaction with the Iraqi or Afghan oh, people? Yeah. A lot. Um when I when I started when I first went I wasn't on Clean House yet. So when I went back, I was the next time I went back I went um with Matt Eisman. Oh yeah, okay. And uh, we, I went to the head of E at the time. It was Ted Harbor, who is now the head of e, NBC Universal, um, because E owned us. E, e was our parent network, and so I went to them and said, "Hey, do you have a, some swag I can take and palletize for our troops? Because I want to take them some stuff." And they were like, "Yeah, we've got stuff." And he's Ted was like, "How much do you want?" I was like, "How much can I have?" Well, he palletized like literally twelve tons. 12 tons. 12 tons? Just do the math on that. It, I had an That's air- a lot of Chelsea Lately t-shirts. It was actually pre that. <laughs> it was uh, it was, it was was all like, they gave me that archive stuff. Chelsea Lately stuff apparently was the good stuff. I got like- Talk soup, coffee mugs. And oh, that. I got uh, Dr. 90210 seasons, <laughs> Girls Next Door box sets. Oh my God. Um, wait, what was the other one that was hilarious you'd appreciate? You know, they might surrender if they watch enough of that stuff. Uh, oh, Brooke Burke. <laughs> Brooke Burke's Wild On. Okay, well that- The Zolomon any King. Any soldier would like that. They enjoyed them, yeah. um, and, and a lot of mouse pads. Thanks, E. Okay, now as, as an organizer, did you go there and organize the barracks? I did. It was funny when we <laughs> Matt and I, Matt and I were laughing because there were so many times I was like, "Oh my god, I'd love to just clean house on these." Like, how great to do a complete episode here because I wanted, but they're pretty tidy. I mean, they I will say, but oh yeah, ship shape. Uh, they yeah, they really do keep it, but they've made it their home. And 
I think a lot of people would be surprised that they live like they have a place called Green Beans, which is their 24-hour Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Pizza Hut and Taco Bell and Walmart. and All on the base. All on the bases. On the big bases. On, on the, the big ones, yeah. <clears throat> on the fobs, no. They just have one little BX. Okay. Now, just to wrap it up, I mean, when you, you've seen there in five trips, mm-hmm. and this has been going on for, like you said, 14 years now. So nutty. Isn't that nutty to think that? Yes. Um, God. Is there a point there where you look at it and uh, you're, you're closer to it because your brother and everything like that? Um, but you just kind of go, where's, where's it going? Are we making any – what's the point? No, we're not. What are we I, doing? Here's what I learned about the Afghanis. And, and yes, to answer your question very quickly, um, I took a bunch of stuff for kids. So I took all that for the troops. But I took – my brother said to me, if you want to make any headway, take deflated – soccer balls or volleyballs and um, pencils, pens and crayons for kids. And I did. And I, every trip I took, I would have backpacks full every time I walked into, cause you'd have to walk through an actual town to get to a fob. So it isn't like just you're landing on an LZ, a landing zone. You're not landing on an LZ and right on a base. You're having to land on an LZ and then walk through a town and then go into a base, which is insane when you think about that. Yeah. So you're having to walk through these people's town. And so here I am a female, um, in a bikini, in a bikini. No, you know, I was always respectful of the culture, but <laughs> right, I, would, yeah. I had a long sleeve. The only time I ever had to wear a burqa was in Kandahar in town. One day the governor asked to, to meet us. And so I was respectful and wore a, a burqa to his, to the, to the, his home. But like a burqa, like covering I have your the garage. face? Yeah, I've got the whole thing, honey. I've got my burqa at home. Not just covering like your, sh- like your oh, no. head. A full like burqa a... mesh, the full mesh. Oh, you did the eyes. whole thing. Oh, it was horrible. And we walked in his house. This was how green I was. It was my second trip. I walked in his house and I was like, oh my God, this is so hot. And I threw it off. I thought I was going to die. I mean, you thought they'd see me butt naked Oh, because I pulled it off like that. I was like, oh my gosh. And I'll tell you, this was the most horrible part of that trip. Of all that, fine. I could have given a fuck. Uh, excuse my language. I could have cared less. I was like, y'all need to get over yourselves. I was respectful, but I didn't have that moment. <laughs> Yet. But I, I, the the hardest part of that trip, and I'll never, ever, ever forget it, is we were walking back out to our, our we were in a van. My brother's rule, never get in a military vehicle, always take an unmarked vehicle. And I did. Um, I go back to, we're on the way back to our the van and this woman in a burqa was shoving me her barely one-year-old kid shoving it at me and i in i don't whatever she was she speaking was that farsi i don't know what they speak uh, or farsi uh, or arabic or arabic she, she was shoving her child at me and she was saying please please for a better life for a better life but i didn't know what she was saying and i thought and i'm in my burqa i'm in my full burqa and and the translator was like i'm so sorry and i and i was like and i i wanted to take that kid was reaching for me i'll never forget that child it was reaching for me and I wanted so I, I like I, I was trying so hard to grab it because it just killed me and I thought how much that mom loved that kid and I said to the interpreter once we got in the van I said why why me like why did she do that and he said because she saw your hands and my nails were done and he said she she knew you were you know not obviously not Afghani and I was like oh my god and I mean I thought about it I was like can we please go check on that kid like I wanted more than anything to save that child it broke my heart I can still remember that kid's face to this day and that was one of those moments that you're like what are what are we doing over there like just what exactly and my brother was like you need to make sure you always take stuff for the kids because that's next that's generationally that's the next round of terrorists so just show them that we're good people huh and I was like I mean for my brother who has to deal with every kind from Somalia to yet from Somalia to Yemen to God knows where he's been in this universe. He's got the sweetest attitude about just train up the kids. 
because that's who are going to try to hate us next. You know, you've got to break that cycle. And I, I mean, it was so sweet to watch, even if they were like, oh, that one nice white lady that was an American that brought me a pencil eraser, a SpongeBob yeah. pencil eraser. Here you go. I mean, that who knows if it even remotely made a dent, but you'd like to believe on some level. They go, oh, they're not all hateful or, you know, you want you want to feel like you did something. So that to me was the, cause the Afghanis as a whole, it was always funny to watch the Afghan nationals that worked on the bigger bases, watch us, watch, watch us do a show. And when they'd see me laughing, they'd see me tell a joke and the audience, you know, all these soldiers are laughing. It was interesting to watch them laugh at the soldiers laughing because, and, and they'd half of them would creepy stare at me because my, well, arm, sure. yeah, the, my your arm, arms were showing, my arms are showing and, and, mm-hmm. um, I, my hair is done and, um, and your nails are done. I think we've established and my nails that are already. Done. I mean, I was already a hot ticket item <laughs> and, uh, but it was crazy to watch them, watch them laugh. And I asked our interpreter to ask them like if they, if, why they were laughing. Cause I noticed them all laughing through the shows and they said, the Afghanis were like, it makes us so happy to watch the soldiers be happy, relax and be happy that we're just laughing because they're relaxed. Right. Well, they're always so serious and telling them what to do. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that is really impressive. And they said, you let them be uh, Americans for a minute. And I was like, that mission accomplished. That was our, that was our goal. Wow. So yeah, it was, that was, that to me is the most powerful takeaway from, from all, from all those magical trips man that's amazing yeah thanks that's fun what do you think you like learned as a person from doing those and from all your travels oh my god learn as a person um that we're all in it together no matter what no matter how much we'd like to think we're we're um as americans i think we have a little bit more of an entitled attitude in this world we just do um anywhere i travel in the world i always am so grateful for how we live, but I realize it's not the only way to live. And so I think we need to be as a people a little more, um, we need to embrace more. It sounds so kumbaya and you know, I'm not that kind of a kumbaya person, but it really, I've learned to be so grateful for when people let me into how they do life, much like your friend in the sauna, (laughs) in the sauna, (laughs) it's just, it's, I'm grateful because we don't live that way. And I'm always so passionate when I get to see people be themselves, you know, when I'm in Mexico and I'm on somebody's cenote that they're five generations in and honey, they want to come show me a python they've trapped because it ate six of their chickens, honey. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, we're going to do this. Like I'm petrified of snakes, but they're so proud. I have to go over and be like, Oh, good for you. Cape Bueno, Viva la cenote. I'm like, I don't even know. Yeah. I'm freaking out, but you're joyful because it makes them happy. And I am so happy and grateful when I'm, allowed to be inclusive i think that's probably the best part of traveling is being allowed in that little moment how is your family accepting of all this travel you do and all the places you do you've gone and and what you do for a living and where you live now i mean they must think you're nuts i mean how do you and i don't know when you go back you you probably hear some things that you probably don't agree with yes very much so my brother and i both you know we have these conversations a lot because my brother is a very, he's very good at compartmentalizing. So the horrible things and the not so nice things that he has to see, he keeps, you know, he just keeps on, on the down. But when it comes to the great things and all the beautiful places he's seen and been, I mean, when we sit and compare stories, we sit and realize that we are so lucky to have that relationship with each other 
to be able to talk about Dubai and the UAE. And then we go back and talk to our people, honey. And they're like, well, if I've got to drive up to Lexington to go to the Costco, you know I mean? Like that's, that's their world and we're respectful of it, but we are aliens to them. And we, we respect that, you know, for whatever reason, we were both given this like wonderlusty um, need in life. His is also to save the world. Mine's to make the world laugh. So I don't know what that's about, but we both have that, that very similar need to see. And, and he's very accepting. Ironically, I know a lot of people probably think those guys in general are probably a, you know, super conservative. He is super conservative, (laughs) but he is very, um, respectful. And I'd say tolerant of how other people need to live their lives. So it's, it's, I don't know. I feel very grateful that my brother and I are those. I say, I probably overuse that word, but I genuinely mean it that we get to be those people because we did not come from those people. So I don't know. We're little aliens dropped in the universe of ha- half the people. 90% of my family had never been anywhere until my brother got married at the Hotel Dell in San Diego. Wow. They'd never been on a plane. Never been on a plane? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What did they think of San Diego even? Oh, honey, that was the to-do, honey. That was There's the, a lot of Mexicans here. Did you know that Some Like It Hot was filmed here? We love Marilyn Monroe. I mean, it was that. It was a lot of that. <laughs> it was a lot of And the only reason I think they came is because my family are huge Disney geeks, so they were thrilled oh, okay. they could go to Disneyland. Uh-huh. My wedding was just a little too close to the drug cartels. <laughs> did they at least think it was pretty, California? I mean, Oh, they really? loved it. No, okay. they did. They thought it was beautiful, but, you know... As you crowded, know, traffic, crowded traffic. traffic. How do y'all get anywhere? I swear it's take you a month and a half to be to somewhere. <laughs> you might as well just stay at home. I mean, it's probably you get you a boat's what you need. You need you a boat. See, it's clear out here. Look how clear it is. You could probably get to LA faster on a boat, can you can in a car? And I'm like, okay. You know, they're not wrong. No, they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you can get there faster. Seriously, that's the truth. Sadly, that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> My hillbilly logic is coming uh, it's up. Like, wait a minute, I, I might get a boat. <laughs> I just might get a boat. Start commuting down and doing time at the La Jolla Comedy <laughs> Store. Ooh, good idea. Um, well, thank you for so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Uh, where can people see you, and where can they see you live? And uh, um, yeah, well, I do a tour now with um, two other amazing comics, Karen Mills and Leanne Morgan, called Country Cool Comedy Tour. And so you can go to countrycool.com uh, and look at our tour dates and shop our merchandise because it's super nice and uber jazzy. Um, <laughs> uber jazzy? Is that a new wearing thing? wearing a Country Cool shirt right now. Oh, see? Um, well, it looks great. And comfy. And we've got men's and women's, and it's amazing. Um, we're those people. And it goes uh, well with no shoes, I'm seeing. Thank you. I hillbillied out. You took yours off because you got comfortable too with me. Thank you. Um, And then TrishSir.com and all my social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, everything is at TrishSir, S-U-H-R. Yeah, and you're a a sports fan. I am a donkadonkulous sports fan. And (laughs) it's a very hard time of the year for me right now because my fantasy football started, but I'm so knee-deep in baseball that I really don't care. I mean, tonight we had a game tonight. I don't give, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, look, did the Indians, I hope, I have the Indians, the, the Giants beat the Redskins, I hope so. But oh, it, that's right, it's football yeah, tonight. If it's Thursday night football, what am I doing a podcast? Because my head is so ah, in. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I'm so into, I went to the Day Dodger game today, you know, because we've got to clinch the division. I feel like we need it. We're <sighs> just, it's, I'm, so yes, I'm a massive sports fan and I do the Sports Without Balls podcast with the fabulous Aaron, Aaron Foley, Foley on all Very funny comedy. lady. She's and that's where I saw you. You were doing that at the uh, LA Podcast. I know, and it had been at least a minimum eight years. And yeah, it's great to see you. Great to see you. I'm glad you came in. Thanks for having and, me. And uh, say uh, bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Trisha, everybody. Bye.